You're listening to Dental Talk from VivaLearning.com. Welcome to Dental Talk. I'm Dr. Phil Klein. Today we'll be discussing bioactivity and how it addresses the weak link in adhesive dentistry, specifically the problem of hydrolysis of double bonds in adhesives. Our guest is Dr. Delphin Barquero, a cosmetic dentist in San Jose, Costa Rica. He teaches and lectures internationally on a variety of topics, and the Barquero name has a long history of dentistry in Costa Rica. In fact, for more than 100 years, the profession of dentistry has been passed down through the family. Pretty amazing. Before we begin, I would like to thank our sponsor, PulpDent. PulpDent's research and product development is directed toward unlocking nature's healing powers with bioactive materials that mimic the physical and chemical properties of tooth structure. They also maximize the potential for remineralization. So thank you, PulpDent, for your educational support for this podcast. Dr. Baccaro, it's a pleasure to have you on Dental Talk. Oh, hello, Phil. I'm honored to be with you today. Uh, and believe me, I'm really honored because for a uh, Latin American doctor to be in Viva Learning is uh, quite, a, quite a big step. So uh, I'm here for you guys. And any question that you may have, I'm more, more, more than happy to help. Yeah, and we're honored to have you, and we're very happy that we have a contingency that follows us from Costa Rica, and we're very happy that you're on our show today. I do want to mention you presented a very impressive webinar for us uh, recently, and it's up on Viva Learning now. So if anybody's yeah. interested, yeah, if anybody's interested in hearing that, the title is the same as the podcast, Bioactivity, the Answer to the Weak Link of Adhesive Dentistry. So please log into Viva Learning to watch that. It was excellent pod- uh, excellent webinar, Doctor. Awesome, awesome, Phil. Uh, yeah, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it was a it, it was a webinar, and you know, I talk uh, about uh, some things that should be uh, spread out. Uh, as we know today, adhesive dentistry is a it's a great great uh, way to practice, but there are some weak links that are not uh, spread out, and uh, that's why this kind of activities with Viva Learning are so important to spread the word that we need to be careful about the adhesive dentistry. Uh, we need to know a little bit about the chemistry. And if we know those things, we can be very, very successful in our practices with adhesive dentistry. Yes, absolutely. And that makes a lot of sense. So that's what I'm going to ask you. What's the weak link of adhesive dentistry? Well, you know, Phil, uh, water. Water is the weak uh, link because adhesives nowadays uh, their, their chemical bonds are not quite good with water. And as you know, dentin is full of water. It's a lot of, of fluids coming out of the, of the tubule. So if, if we are using especially uh, simple steps adhesives, uh, they use acidic primers in order to avoid using etching, right? So um, when, we, when we are working with uh, acidic primers, uh, the side effect is that they turn to be really hydrophilic. And uh, as uh, some articles that I presented on the webinar says, the, the adhesives, the simple adhesives turn to be permeable membranes. And uh, in a matter of time, uh, short time, we are going to uh, destroy or, or have a destroyed affected adhesive layer because of the water coming out of, of, of the dentin. So uh, as you know, the market is moving toward simplified systems because they want to make the dentist's life easier. 
But the problem is that the adhesives are not ready to be really close to water. Uh, the chemical bonds are going to be affected by hydrolysis. Water is going to destroy those chemical bonds. And at the end, our seal is only the enamel at the margin. Yeah, so, the, yeah, this is, yeah, this is some of the things that I've heard from various key opinion leaders. Some say, you know, today's self-adhesive systems are long-term. They last long-term and dentin bonding is here to stay and it's predictable and it's not going to break down. Others say that dentin bonding shows promise early on and then starts to deteriorate over time, which sounds yes. like... You, that sounds like that's your camp. You're coming from there saying that those acidic primers are creating this hydrophilic environment, which is which is bringing water into the mixture, and and that's right. eventually going to cause degradation. So what kind of intelligent materials do we need to keep this degradation from happening? Well, there are no intelligent materials that is going that are going to prevent the degradation. The, the intelligent materials are going to start working when the adhesive is gone. Uh, these this intelligent materials are the ones that are going to be hydrophilic from the chemical point of view. We cannot go on thinking that our restorative materials uh, should be hydrophobic. Uh, we need materials that can use hydrophilic materials in order to provide an excellent environment for ion movement between the material and the dentin. So when when water uh, produce what the articles uh, describe as water trees, that's how they describe this water coming through the bonding agent, water trees, when these water trees are there and the, the, the bonding is gone, if we are using uh, bioactive materials that are by nature hydrophilic, they are not going to be affected by water. They, they're going to be happy to be close to water because that is going to provide the perfect environment for calcium and phosphate to move from the material to the dentin and from the dentin to the material and also from the saliva to the material. These materials are going to be releasing ions and recharging ions from the saliva. So we are going to have like a, a, a complete cycle between saliva, restorative material, and the dentin when the bonding, when the bonding agent is gone because of the hydrolysis from the water. Okay, so this bioactive material that we're talking about is compensating right, for something that's inevitable, which is adhesive degradation. That's going to happen. Exactly. Okay, so based on the current materials we have and the chemistry that it's based on, we're going to have adhesive degradation no matter what. And what... You, yeah, yes. Right. What you're saying is we need to look at materials that incorporate bioactive behavior with the material being modified so that exactly. we can get this type of... Would you say it's a dentin bridge? Well, uh, it, it's hard to describe it, but what we are going to have are hydro, hydroxyapatite bridges between the dentin and the material. We are no longer uh, describe it as a hybrid layer. 
but like a transition layer between the restorative material and the dentin. Uh, that occurs very slow. It's not a, a fast process. You know, nature is slow but efficient. And restorative and bioactive materials are slow, but they are going to do the job. You know, so let me ask uh, you this. What's what's the timeline when you're talking about the adhesive degradation that clinicians should be worried about? And in that timeline, when does the degradation become a threat to uh, a failure in a restore in a restoration? And when does the bioactivity compensate for that potential failure? Is there an overlap where we have nothing to worry about when we use bioactive materials? Or can the bioactivity occur later where we already do have some breakdown? Well, remember that uh, we have the enamel. Enamel is the secret to have longevity in our restorations. Uh, let, we're talking about the, the, the traditional dentistry, uh, dentistry practice, but uh, remember that when we are doing a class two, uh, I mean, we're removing a class two amalgam and we're going to make a new composite restorations. Sometimes in the floor of the box, we have no enamel, for example. And there's an article that it, it was done by the U.S. government, and it says that the uh, lifespan of a composite in the U.S. right now, it's 5.7 years. And that's really short. They are, they are finding failure at the floor of the boxes after three, four, or five years. And I have to look back. Uh, I remember my grandpa, he was using gold as, as the material uh, to, to restore molars. And we can find gold restorations right now, 40, 45 years old. And that's amazing. Why are we not having those results with adhesive dentistry, right? Yeah, I mean, I have eight gold crowns in my mouth right now. Um, and they function incredibly well. One, right. Six of them are 25 years old or 30 years old, and they're flawless. You know, no bone loss, no gingival right. inflammation. Um, I do floss, but they've just been functionally perfect. So I love my gold crowns. Um, study that you said that the government did, how do we know what that failure after 5.7 years is a result of? Is it is it a result of poor adaptation mm -hmm. in the box? Is it a chemical failure? Has, has that been there, talked there, about? Yes, there's many variables. Most of them are from the practitioner. For example, we're talking about the, the curing light that we're using. Is that light, light going deep on the box or not? Are we using uh, light curing materials on a deep box or are we or we should use a dual cure composite? Are we taking care of, of the isolation of the box when we are placing the composite? There are so many variables. And uh, for example, I love to use dual curing composites on my boxes because even if I have a very good lamp, and I have it, I have it, I still don't uh, trust the light because we, I don't know if, if, if the intensity, the energy is going deep in the box. And if, and if we are not using bioactive materials that are going to keep 
an alkaline environment on that box, we have to remember that also bacteria are going to affect the adhesive on the margin. We, we have so many enemies trying to, to make our restoration fail. It's not only the composite that we are using, we are, it's the light, bacteria, our isolation, it's et cetera, et cetera. You're yes. a big believer in, in adhesive dentistry using materials that are designed for adhesive dentistry, but also bioactive. Is that? Yes, yes. I'm a, a believer in that because uh, what's the secret with the gold restorations? They are so successful because uh, the margin are perfect. There, there are no micro leakage. And remember, Phil, that uh, on those times we used cements that they, they are they they were not as good as our modern cements in terms of strength and resistance. The old time cements were looting cements. They were used. Ex Right, Lutein yeah. cements, right. Yeah. But I remember my, my grandpa uh, adapting the gold to your tooth so perfectly that there is no way microleakage is going to happen. And in modern dentistry, we are having microleakages in, sometimes in three months, sometimes in one year, sometimes in five years. And if you see... Uh, Pascal Magnez composites, he reports success after 15 years. But I am not Pascal Magnez. Mm -hmm. Yeah, his, uh, his, you know, his technique is, is pretty close to perfect. So it, Exactly. Yeah, let me ask you this. Hydrophilic matrix uh, in bioactive materials, tell us about why we need that. I know our sponsor is Pulpten. Tell us about some of the materials. I know you use some of them and why you yes. like them and, and how that fits into this whole world of making sure we eliminate the enemies through more advanced materials that have bioactive behavior. Right. Remember, we, we have to go back to the basics. And uh, if we analyze the structure of a hydro, hydroxyapatite crystals, we have to remember that we need calcium, we need phosphates, and we need oxygen and hydrogen. That's how we can produce hydroxyapatite. Uh, and if we are using a material that can provide those ions to, to, to form new, some, uh, the most common crystal that we're going to find is fluoroapatite. It's not hydroxyapatite when we're using bioactive materials. Uh, we need water to have those ion movement between materials. With the regular uh, adhesive uh, materials, water is our enemy. But with the new bioactive materials, we need water. So this is, this is the way to go. For me, this is the new gold restoration, a restoration that can provide ions to start producing fluoroapatite at the margin of my restoration. And not only that, Phil, we're going to have alkaline environment. Bacteria cannot grow over alkaline materials. Chemically, how do we get the alkaline environment from using these bioactive materials? Yes, uh, these bioactive materials uh, are, uh, we have to mix two parts. One is very similar to glass ionomer, and the other material is full of crystals that are going to, to, to release these ions. And also we need fluoride with these materials. As, as I told you, we have glass ionomer 
in part A and ion crystals in part B. When these materials mix, a side effect of this reaction is alkalinity. Alkalinity. Okay? Right. Uh, and the bacteria in the mouth, they love acids. And we are alkaline not... is, is certainly antibacterial for sure. I mean, even in endodontics, we want to raise the pH. Exactly. That was the goal, was to raise the pH inside the canal using calcium hydroxide, whatever we could do to uh, keep that in there long term if we have to, to kill the bacteria. You mentioned that we need water. Now, normally, to do a composite restoration, um, you need isolation. Glass onomers are more, yes. you know, glass onomers are more forgiving, which makes them great yes. for pediatric dentistry, for geriatric dentistry, when you have difficult uh, cases where you have challenges in isolation. So you're saying that right. with these bioactive materials, isolation, I'm sure, is still important. But oh yes, you want to you want to have moisture on the dentin when you use them. No, uh, what I'm saying is that when water from the dentin destroys our bonding agent now the water is going to touch let's put it that way the water is from the dentist is going to touch our our bioactive materials and boom the reaction will start okay so you're um, talking about from the tubules the dentinal tubules oh that yeah have, that have water yes in it. okay yes no i'm not uh, i mean 99 percent of my restorations are under isolation mm -hmm. i'm not saying that we are going to make our 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 composites uh under saliva or because we are going to have bacteria coming in, and that's when sensitivity starts. Uh, we cannot change our isolation techniques. The difference is that I, I even use regular bonding agents. I use universal bonding agents for my restorations, but I put over them my bioactive material because I know that when my bonding agent is gone, that's after some years, then water from the dentin will start um uh, activating this reaction from my restoration and hydroxyapatite or fluoroapatite crystals are going to start forming really slow and we're going to have that that transition layer okay so you use a bioactive restorative material on top of a adhesive system so that yes so so you have that bioactive behavior from the material the restorative material itself not the adhesive layer but from the restorative material yes. to compensate for adhesive degradation you're saying exactly exactly no yeah exactly i, I use uh, uh adhesives that are in the market right now i i love to use universal adhesives on my practice mm -hmm. uh but but over it i'm gonna use a bioactive material imagine having an alkaline occlusal surface on my molars uh no plaque is going to form over my restoration bacteria are not are not going to affect uh, the the um, the enamel restoration uh, transition, and uh, also what it's nice about these new materials is that they are elastic. Uh, I mean, when when my patients bite, they are elastic. They are going to help the tooth transmit the energy outside of the of the cusps, so it is less traumatic to the dental structure. So you're saying- There's yeah, the, so many advantages. Yeah, the modulus, yes. of, elast the modulus of elasticity of yes. the material matches the dentin, you're saying? The dentin, yes, exactly, mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah, so I that... even, for example, nowadays in my practice, 
Uh, I have a, a milling machine and we are milling a lot of, of uh, hybrid ceramic restorations mm -hmm. because I, I'm, not, I'm not milling Emacs or Zirconia to do my own lace nowadays because I want materials that are going to be almost similar to the denting. The physical properties, exactly. So that, yep. If, if physical properties. So my practice, I, I, I make a lot of veneers. I, I, I love porcelain. I love it. But when I have uh, bruxism or teeth that are not as strong, I prefer to use uh, rubberized materials. Let's put it that way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you want materials that match the elasticity of dentin if it's under exactly. uh, extreme types of uh masticatory stress uh or, or yes yeah so the the bottom line is so you're a big believer for direct restoratives um using some form of bioactive material and as far as the actual material itself can you make a recommendation to our audience they always like to know what our kols are using out there and i know you teach a lot what mm -hmm. what are you using in your office as far as the actual bioactive material well, right now I'm using uh, from the Polton family, what what they call Activa family, Activa restorative, Activa uh, cement, and also the provisional material that are uh, really resistant because uh, they they have a patented uh, rubberized molecule that gives that behavior, that physical behavior, to my restoration. So I'm not having any fractures from my provisional restorations and uh i've seen uh longevity on my margins with the activa restorative material so in the time frame that you've been using bioactive materials and tell us how long that is have you seen measurable success well i have uh around seven years of experience with this material and i haven't changed none of my restorations um i started practicing with my own dental assistants <laughs> uh, uh they are still here so i have uh I, I keep a really close eye on them so uh they're perfect they they i, I just repolish a little bit every now and then and they're happy they have no sensitivity uh no micro leakage i think that uh any company that criticizes bioactivity is because they don't have bioactive materials yeah uh dentistry should go for uh trying to mimic nature and that that is not a an, an easy endeavor but i think that if if we know the basic chemistry as dentists if if we have companies that know deep chemistry uh we can have great materials on our everyday practice yeah i agree pulp den is really amazing because they're a family-owned business and they've always been cutting edge on the products that they bring out there's no question about it they're ahead of the curve and they are certainly a leader in bioactive materials before we wrap up this podcast i do want to ask you in your bio that was sent to me on you your family has a history of dentistry in costa rica of a hundred years <clears throat> carried, yes. carried from one generation to the next are you yes. do you have kids that are going to be dentists as well <laughs> well i prefer my kids to be happy you know to 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 look for the things that they love if, if they want to choose dentistry uh, i'll be more than happy 
but I won't be frustrated if they don't choose dentistry, you know? <laughs> so, so your grandfather was a dentist, right? Yes, yes. In Costa Rica? In Costa Rica, yeah. And then, yeah. And then your father was a dentist? You know, my father was the only link. He was like the weak link of this dentistry. <laughs> my dad was the only uh, person that uh, moved away from dentistry. Uh, he's an English teacher. He's now retired. And I took over the practice again. Uh, so, yeah, my, my father was the only one that uh, didn't go for dentistry. You must be very well known in Costa Rica, um, I'm sure. You're a very modest guy, but it seems to me you're one of the key people over there as far as dentistry. And, you know, I'm very happy to have you on the show. Uh, you teach in Costa Rica and internationally, right? Yes, I travel uh, around lecturing. Uh, well, uh, during the pandemic, you know, we will stop traveling, but uh, I hope next year we can, you know, see each other again. We need to be close to, to our friends. Um, you know, Zoom, these platforms were great, but I need to see some friends uh, and, and unhug them and, and see how they're doing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, that's the way to but, do it. Yeah, to, to share professional wisdom in person has its advantages. Uh, no doubt. But if you're ever in the Chicago midwinter, I know that's kind of an international show. Um, yes. Yeah. And I don't think I'll be going to New York, but uh, maybe in maybe this February in Chicago, we, we could uh, say hello to each other in person. But it's been really fabulous having you on the show. We thank you so much for your insight. And I'm so glad that you're a participant of Viva Learning as, as a, an attendee. You know, you attend our webinars, you present webinars with yes. us. Uh, it's been fabulous working with you. So we thank you very much. Thank you so much, Phil, for, for trusting on my uh, participation today. Anything that you want from bonding, porcelain, uh, implants, I, I, I'm a prosthodontist, so uh, anything that you need from, from us, we'll be more than honored to participate. Thank you so much, and hugs to everybody. Okay, thank you so much. We'll take you up on that. You be well. Thank you. Thank you.